I have to put you on to Armoire, the convenient solution to effortless, fresh, and stylish dressing. With an Armoire membership, you can curate the perfect wardrobe with high-quality, unique brands tailored specifically to your taste. Simply take a five-minute style quiz, select items from your personalized closet, then your chosen styles arrive at your doorstep in as little as two days. When it's time for a wardrobe refresh, just swap out your current pieces for new-to-you styles. I go from professional to the carpool pickup line, so I need a diverse wardrobe. With Armoire, I always have something fresh and on-trend for any occasion, without the clutter. I recently edited my wardrobe to staple pieces only because Armoire allows me to add new pieces monthly and return them just in time for me to do it all over again. And by renting, rather than constantly buying new clothes, I'm contributing to sustainability. Armoire is currently helping me through my chic era with all the high fashion and edgy options that I am loving. And the empowering aspect of supporting a women-founded and women-led business is so cool. With their personalized styling suggestions and diverse designer offerings, Armoire has helped me define and refine my personal style, even as trends evolve and my body changes. Whether it's a date night, a professional event, a formal affair, or just a trip to the grocery store, Armoire ensures that I am always dressed to impress effortlessly. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash murderish. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash murderish to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. The opinions expressed in this episode do not necessarily reflect those of the Murderish podcast. Sensitive topics are discussed. Listener discretion is advised. This episode discusses a case in which a sexual assault occurred. Though we do not go into great detail, listener discretion is advised. When heading out to run errands, you fully expect to make it home safely. In June of 2007, 18-year-old Kelsey Smith went to the store, but she never made it home. No one could have predicted that less than two weeks after high school graduation, Kelsey's life would come to a violent end. Outside a Target store less than 10 minutes from her childhood home, Kelsey was forced into her car and abducted. As Johnson County detectives frantically searched for the missing teen, the community struggled to understand how something like this could have happened. This is Jamie, and you're listening to Murderish. Join me as I walk you through the impactful case of Kelsey Smith, a young woman taken too soon, yet impossible to forget. This case takes us to Overland Park, Kansas, a lively suburb of the Kansas City metro. Locals like to think of Overland Park and its surrounding areas as the Silicon Valley of the Midwest. The region serves as a centralized hub for large tech companies like Black & Veatch, Cerner, and Garmin. Its modest cost of living and relatively low crime rate appeals to families who want access to city culture while enjoying the comfort of suburban life. The Smiths were much like countless other families in Kansas. 
Greg and Missy Smith had five children, Stevie, Lindsay, Kelsey, Dakota, and Zach. All four girls were born a few years apart. Their only boy, Zach, was six years younger than his middle sister, Kelsey. Kelsey Ann Smith was born on May 3, 1989 in Overland Park, Kansas. School friends describe her as outgoing, funny, and personable. As Greg Smith would later say of his daughter in a public statement, she could walk into a room of strangers and walk out with a room full of friends. From the time Kelsey was born, Greg Smith worked in law enforcement. According to his LinkedIn profile, he served in various roles for nearly 18 years in South Carolina, Missouri, and Kansas. He got his start working as a court officer in uniform street patrol before moving up the ranks to squad lieutenant and then finally to deputy sheriff. Greg's tenure as a cop set the tone in the Smith household. He and Missy were strict with their children about curfews and being responsible when it came to communicating while they were out on their own. As Missy told SWSM Magazine, one of the rules of our family was if you're going to be out late or if your location changes, you'd better let mom and dad know. Otherwise, you'd be grounded for two days for every minute you were late. The Smith children were very social. Most weekday evenings, the Smith home was full of activity. Kelsey's friends often came over and stayed for dinner after sporting events. She only grew more popular after saving enough money to buy a used 1987 Buick Regal, which she drove around town with all of her friends. In addition to her magnetic personality, Kelsey also had a wide range of interests that made her easy to befriend. While attending high school at Shawnee Mission West, she dabbled in theater, choir, track, art, and creative writing. But her favorite activity was playing clarinet in her school's marching band. Kelsey was a section leader, and she took her role seriously. One thing about Kelsey that really stood out to people was her kind and gentle nature. At the start of each marching band season, she prepared care packages to ensure that every clarinet member felt welcome. Much like her dad, Kelsey was an avid sports fan. Father-daughter bonding time often involved cheering on the home team at Kansas State University football games. They also came to K-State to show support for Lindsay. Kelsey's older sister played in the college marching band, and that was just one of the reasons Kelsey wanted to attend the same university. Not only would she get to continue her favorite hobby in college, she would also get to perform alongside her sister. K-State also had a strong program in veterinary medicine, which Kelsey planned to pursue. The next chapter of Kelsey's life buzzed with possibilities, propelling her through the final weeks of her senior year. Her heart swelled with hope when she thought about what lay ahead. She was in love with her boyfriend, John Beersmith. Even though they'd only been dating for a few months, Kelsey saw a life with him. Tragically, she was dreaming of a future that would never come. 26-year-old Edwin Roy Hall was born in Olathe, Kansas, to parents who abandoned him. He was under the care of an uncle who sexually abused him until the age of six. He was then placed in the state's custody. When he was seven, Edwin caught the attention of Carol and Don Hall. According to Medium, Carol found out about Edwin through a local newspaper article about children eligible for adoption. The Halls had three daughters of their own and jumped at the opportunity to give another child a positive upbringing. Carol would later tell their hometown newspaper, the Emporia Gazette, 
I felt like we could make a difference, help someone out. I love kids. We took him into our home with the intention of adopting him. Unfortunately, it wasn't long before Edwin began exhibiting serious behavioral issues, both at home and in school. As reported by Medium, there was one occasion at school where he hit a boy in the head with a baseball bat. He acted out constantly and was defiant when reprimanded by adults. The Halls were determined to transform Edwin's attitude. They tried therapy, reading various self-help books and school counseling, but nothing seemed to make a difference. Sheila Garza, one of the Halls' daughters, told the Emporia Gazette, everything that was ever suggested, our family tried. Don and Carol started to suspect the damage done in Edwin's formative years was irreversible. The Halls navigated Edwin's challenging behavior until they just couldn't do it anymore. When Edwin was 15 years old, an incident inside the home pushed them over the edge. Specific details are not known, but a quarrel between Edwin and one of his adoptive sisters ended with him threatening her with a knife. Edwin would later claim he didn't remember anything about it. The Halls feared for their family's safety and decided it was best to return Edwin to the state's custody. They had toughed it out as long as they possibly could, but now they had to prioritize their own flesh and blood. Little information has been made public about subsequent years. We know that Edwin wasn't permitted to communicate with the Halls after his act of aggression, but he kept their last name. Edwin later married a woman named Aletha, who gave him a son. According to Medium, Don and Carol Hall contacted Edwin to reconnect when he was in his early 20s. At the time, they were delighted to learn that he was married with a child on the way. It made them think his violent tendencies were a thing of the past. The Halls had no idea the worst was yet to come. I'll see you soon. Those were the last words Missy Smith would ever hear from her 18-year-old daughter, Kelsey. At the time, Missy was almost home after driving back from a work trip in Des Moines. It was close to Kelsey's six-month anniversary with her boyfriend, John. And yes, it was serious. Luckily, Kelsey's parents and siblings adored him. As Kelsey drove to the local Target, she imagined finding the perfect gift. She was a sentimental sort of person and believed gifts should mean something. From the time she and John started dating, Kelsey collected mementos of their experiences, concert ticket stubs, a receipt from their first date, things like that. She wanted John to have half of her stockpile. He was her partner in nostalgia and maybe eventually her husband. Kelsey parked her car at Target and climbed out of her gray Buick, the evening still humid from the early summer sun. She roamed the aisles, lost in a shopper's brain fog, while on the phone with her mom. Occasionally, Kelsey asked her mom for feedback on items she considered buying. She reached the stationary aisle and stopped in her tracks. A scrapbook. Perfect. With a scrapbook, John would now have a way to showcase all the fun times they shared. As Kelsey approached a vacant self-check, she ended the call with her mom saying, I'll see you soon, as she scanned her purchases. Missy sighed as she hung up the phone, thinking Kelsey was just so responsible. In just a few minutes, Kelsey would come barreling through the front door, eager to show off the gift she'd picked out for her boyfriend. But an hour came and went. No Kelsey. 
Her father immediately grew alarmed when his string of text messages and calls went unanswered. After all, Greg and Missy had instilled in all of their children the importance of communication. Missy told SWSM magazine, We immediately knew something was not right. Greg was eager to spring into action as a seasoned police officer, but he also knew there was protocol that needed to be followed when it came to missing people. He and Missy decided to wait at home with John in case Kelsey was just late or had made an unplanned stop. According to the Lola Register, Kelsey's grandparents began searching the area around Target. At around 9 p.m., they located her Buick Regal across the street from Target in front of the Macy's store at the Oak Park Mall. Upon looking inside, they noticed Kelsey's purse and a Target bag left on the seat, undisturbed. When Kelsey's dad heard about this finding, his concern intensified. At roughly 10.30 that night, Greg called Overland Park Police to report his daughter missing. As the story hit local and then national news, the Smith family offered a reward for information regarding Kelsey's whereabouts. Kelsey's sister, Lindsay, and her college friend, Eric Hilmer, organized their own local search efforts, calling volunteers Kelsey's Army. Search participants met at the Target parking lot each morning to go over where each group would focus their search that day. Eric always showed up with printouts from Google Maps, plotting out a five-mile radius from Target to search and post flyers. This went on for three days. On the evening of Tuesday, June 5th, police released surveillance footage both inside Target and its parking lot. The video, which was shown on national news outlets, showed a middle-aged man wearing a white t-shirt and black shorts entering the store moments after Kelsey and following her around. Once outside, a young woman matching Kelsey's description could be seen being forced into a car identical to Kelsey's. According to CCTV footage, the abduction had taken just 16 seconds. Everyone's hair is different, which means our hair care routines are different too. Function of Beauty makes products that are 100% customizable so you can reach your hair goals. Function of Beauty is the world's first fully customizable hair care that creates shampoos, conditioners, styling, and treatment formulas based on your hair type and needs. Each formula is vegan and cruelty-free and has no sulfates or parabens. There are even silicone-free options too. Hair care products are not one size fits all and they should be customized to your needs. I took the quick and easy hair quiz online, selected five different hair goals that I'm trying to achieve, and they recommended four different hair care products that I'm really excited to use. I even got to choose the color of the bottle. I went with white. I also chose a medium strength fragrance, but don't worry, they also offer dye and fragrance-free options. I can't wait to get my Function of Beauty customized products and tell you guys all about it. Start giving your hair the personalized care it needs. Go to functionofbeauty.com murderish to take your hair goals quiz and you'll save 20% on your first order when you subscribe. No commitments and you can cancel anytime. Go to functionofbeauty.com murderish to let them know you heard about it from our show and to get 20% off your first order. That's functionofbeauty.com slash murderish to take your hair quiz and save 20% on your first order. 
I have way too many subscriptions, and you know how it goes. The more subscriptions you have, the harder it is to keep track of all of them. I subscribe to just about all of the streaming platforms because otherwise I get FOMO because I can't watch the latest trending docu-series. A while back, I wanted to watch a new show that they only offered on Paramount+. Plus. But after signing up and watching an episode or two, I completely forgot about it and never opened it again. I realized that I didn't really need that subscription and wanted to cancel it and stop wasting money. That's why I love using Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. Rocket Money displays all of my subscriptions in one place, and whatever I don't want, they cancel it for me. They've found subscriptions I didn't even know I was paying for, or some that have even double-charged me. I don't have to worry about going through the long list of questions before actually getting to the point of cancellation. All I do is press cancel, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Cancel unnecessary subscriptions with Rocket Money today. Go to rocketmoney.com murderish. Seriously, it could save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com murderish. In a June 6th appearance on CBS's early show, Missy and Greg Smith shared that no one in the family recognized the man depicted in the grainy footage. They implored the public to come forward with any information, announcing the reward would be increased to $30,000. This prompted dozens of tips being called in to Overland Park Police. For her part, Kelsey's sister Stevie attended twice daily media briefings with police, just in case there were questions about Kelsey that she could answer. When asked by the Manhattan Mercury how the family was handling the disappearance, Stevie responded, we take turns having our meltdowns. We just try not to do it at the same time. Seeing footage of Kelsey in the moments that she was last seen playing on news stations deepened the family trauma. The Smith family felt powerless and they wanted answers. Yet surveillance video from Target offered a limited view of what happened inside Kelsey's car. The ambush happened minutes after she exited the store, but they were able to tell that she was threatened at gunpoint. Police Chief John Douglas said at a press conference cited by the Lola Register, you see two individuals come together and there is no separation of those two individuals. So it is easy to conclude there was some kind of incident at the back of the car. Then the car leaves. With more time passing and the implication of foul play, the FBI joined in the search. Time was of the essence. The 18-year-old girl had been gone for almost four days. From the time Kelsey was reported missing, her boyfriend John had encouraged the Smiths to contact Verizon. His uncle had worked at Sprint, so he knew from him that cell phones pinged off of nearby towers when searching for a signal. Verizon was Kelsey's cell phone carrier, and John was certain that phone pings could be used to figure out what happened to her. Missy Smith then began reaching out to Verizon on a daily basis, hoping to obtain location data from Kelsey's phone. She had no luck. Missy was either flat out denied any information from her daughter's account or redirected to customer service or the sales department. Once the FBI stepped in, however, they were able to subpoena Verizon for Kelsey's phone records. As reported by the Kansas City Star, there were two cell phone pings 12 minutes apart at around 8 p.m. the night Kelsey was last seen. This placed her approximately 20 miles from Target in Missouri's southern Jackson County near Longview Lake. FBI agents and local detectives sprung into action. 
heading toward the pinpointed location. The area around Longview Lake was heavily wooded, and the missing young woman could be anywhere. On June 6th, just 45 minutes after cell phone data indicated Kelsey's last known location, there was a grim discovery. Hidden under twigs and branches, they found the young woman's body. She was found completely nude, and a preliminary examination revealed that she had been sexually assaulted. Her cause of death was obvious. Kelsey had been strangled with her own belt, which remained around her neck when she was discovered. It was a violent, unthinkable way for a young woman to have her life cut short. Out of respect, Overland Park Police Captain Tom Fredrickson delivered the news to the family before it leaked to the media. It was the absolute worst outcome the Smiths could have imagined. Kelsey's army aimed to shelter the Smiths from a potential media frenzy. 20 volunteers gathered around the house's perimeter to act as human shields. The army wanted to give the family a chance to mourn their unimaginable loss. That evening, Chief Douglas held a press conference. He was quoted by the Manhattan Mercury as saying, I want to again express my condolences to the Smith family. I realize that this is not the preferred conclusion. While we cannot give them their daughter back, we can at least give them justice. The Smith family chose to have a private ceremony soon after Kelsey's body was recovered. It all felt surreal, like it was just a terrible mistake. A public memorial service was originally going to be held at the church the Smiths belonged to, Hillcrest Covenant Church. It was moved to the Church of Resurrection when it became clear that more seating would be needed than Hillcrest could accommodate. Kelsey was loved by so many people. More than 900 people attended her service, most of them wearing blue. It was Kelsey's favorite color, and because of that, it was also the chosen color of the t-shirts worn by Kelsey's army. The outpouring of support was emotional for Kelsey's loved ones, but there were also moments of laughter in reminiscing. After a brief sermon, Greg Smith spoke. As reported by the Joplin Globe, he told Kelsey's mourners, Kelsey's life was not wasted. She filled 18 years with more adventure and life than anyone I know. It was a quote also included in Kelsey's obituary. Rather than focusing on the terrible thing that happened, her father wanted to focus on how well, her father wanted the focus to be on how well his daughter had lived. The missing person investigation was now a homicide investigation. Detectives needed to move quickly to identify Kelsey's killer, and tips from citizens were instrumental in making an arrest. Once Kelsey's identity was confirmed, additional images of her alleged killer and his black pickup truck appeared on news stations around the country. Locally, nobody could believe that the abduction had occurred in broad daylight. Brad Garrett, a former FBI agent and ABC News consultant, told the network, It's telling me that it's somebody that's driven by a compulsion, and B, it's somebody who's pretty unsophisticated in that type of activity. Again, tips poured in, but one in particular stood out. Debbie and Cameron Miguez, thought the wanted man on the news bore a striking resemblance to Edwin Hall, their next-door neighbor. They informed police of their suspicion the same day Kelsey's remains were located. Within hours, one of Hall's co-workers also called in a tip. While on their lunch break, TVs tuned to the local news had flashed images of a black 1970s model Chevy pickup. As reported by Medium, 
the anonymous co-worker turned to Hall and asked him, Isn't that your truck? Hall seemed anxious after that and told his boss he needed to leave work early because he wasn't feeling well. This struck the co-worker as bizarre, and that's when he decided to notify authorities. Hall had also drawn suspicion on himself by contacting an attorney after the truck images were broadcast. The attorney contacted the police and informed them of the conversation with Hall. Law enforcement swarmed Edwin Hall's residence, planning to bring him in for an interview. Upon arriving, they found Hall and his wife packing. The couple and their son were getting ready to leave for a vacation. The timing of this impromptu trip only heightened suspicions. During his interview with detectives, Edwin Hall initially claimed he had no involvement in Kelsey's abduction or subsequent murder. But as reported by Medium, Hall knew he was caught when detectives revealed the physical evidence they had amassed directly incriminating him. In addition to the security footage, investigators had found Hall's fingerprints on a seatbelt in Kelsey's car. There was also a stain on Kelsey's shorts that matched his DNA. Faced with glaring proof that he had committed the crime, Hall confessed. According to his account, he had spotted Kelsey in the parking lot and followed her into the store. He watched her every move like a hawk, dodging behind objects to avoid detection, peering around the corner of aisles she had just left. While Kelsey paid for her anniversary gift, Hall had run out to his truck to retrieve his gun. He dashed back toward her car just in time to lunge at her as she climbed inside, catching her completely off guard. It became clear that this had been a crime of opportunity, not premeditation. If Hall had not attacked Kelsey, it would have been another young girl. Edwin Hall was arrested that same day and held on $5 million bail. The laundry list of charges included kidnapping, rape, aggravated sodomy, and capital murder. If found guilty of these offenses, he faced various penalties that amounted to life in prison at the very least. If handed down the most extreme punishment, Hall could be sentenced to death. He had also committed the federal offense of crossing state lines while committing a kidnapping resulting in death. With this cascade of charges, Hall's fate was sealed. His defense attorney, Paul Cram, recognized there were few options. There was already enough evidence for a conviction, and securing an impartial jury seemed very unlikely given the media coverage. There was a very strong possibility that a jury would consider the brutality of Hall's crimes worthy of the death penalty. Prosecutor Phil Klein spoke with the victim's family, and they agreed to a plea deal. They just wanted this nightmare behind them, rather than having to face Kelsey's agonizing final moments in a drawn-out trial. A sentencing hearing was held on September 16th at Johnson County District Court, with Judge Peter V. Ruddick presiding. Before a courtroom packed with Kelsey's family and friends, all clad in Kelsey's Army t-shirts, Edwin Hall's defense attorney spoke. According to KMBC, he said, My client had been sexually abused before the age of six more times than you can count on your hands. These were his blood relatives. It happened over and over again. There is no excuse for what happened to Kelsey Smith, but it is an explanation for how his life spun so terribly out of control on June 2nd, 2007. When Missy Smith testified, she revealed her own personal childhood trauma 
and emphasized how Hall's actions were his choice. As quoted by KMBC, she said, I know what it's like to grow up with alcoholic parents. I know what it's like to grow up in an abusive home. I know what it's like to grow up in a single-parent household that is so poor you receive public assistance and go without electricity. I know what it's like to be molested as a child, but I also know that life is about choices. When does one have to take responsibility for their own life? I love a good glass of wine, and I love trying new wines even more. First Leaf makes it so simple to do this. Every time I order from them, I discover a lot of new wines that I end up really enjoying. First Leaf learned what I like and don't like, and then they tailored wines to fit my taste and delivered them right to my door. I got six bottles with First Leaf at an unbeatable value. I got some reds and whites because I love both depending on what the weather's like and I loved every single bottle. So many people overspend on bottles that they end up not liking. It's just a waste of money and wine. With First Leaf, there's no guesswork. You can rate each wine with a simple thumbs up or thumbs down. Experts will then take those ratings, send you a personalized selection with new and exciting bottles in every box. And if you're not satisfied with a bottle, First Leaf will credit you with another. First Leaf makes things so easy for you, I cannot recommend them enough. Sign up today and you'll get your first six bottles for $39.95 plus free shipping. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash murderish. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash murderish to get your first six bottles for $39.95 plus free shipping. Tryfirstleaf.com slash murderish. I'm sure some of you listening have had business ideas in the back of your minds for months, maybe even years. Make your dream business a reality with Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. It's so simple to sell to anyone from anywhere with Shopify. Whether you want to sell mom jeans or mascara, start selling with Shopify, the platform that simplifies commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. You can customize your online store to fit your brand, find new customers, and build the relationships that'll keep them coming back. Everyone knows just how important social media is for business. Shopify takes care of social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. Shopify also has 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, helping you succeed every step of the way. Every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can too. I've said this before, this podcast started off as a hobby. It eventually grew and became a side hustle. And then it became my full-time gig. Anybody can build a dream business and start selling with Shopify, the commerce platform that powers millions of businesses around the world. Take the next step and try Shopify for free and start selling from anywhere. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash murderish, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash murderish to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash murderish. When it was Greg Smith's turn to address the courtroom, he elected to see the positive side of his family's unspeakable loss. As reported by KMBC, Greg said tearfully, I stand here today, a heartbroken father, knowing that Kelsey's gone. The very act of living triggers memories of her. 
We may not be able to see her anymore, but Kelsey's still here, making a difference. As if his words held any weight, Hall stepped forward to offer an apology. Through what many people believe were crocodile tears, according to KMBC, he commented, I can't find the right words to say today. I am so sorry for what I have done. That's it. That's all I can say. The plea deal meant that Hall escaped the death penalty. Instead, he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. He's currently incarcerated at the Hutchinson Correctional Facility in Kansas. Kelsey Smith's legacy lives on in a movement inspired by her passing. According to KSHB News, Kelsey's case made her the face of a movement to force telecommunications providers to be responsive in emergency situations, especially as GPS and cell phone technology has continued to improve and evolve. Greg and Missy Smith have fought countless battles in Kelsey's honor. Losing her has transformed their lives and given them a sense of purpose. In July of 2007, they founded the Kelsey Smith Foundation. According to its website, the foundation's mission statement is empowering families, friends, and communities to proactively protect one of its most precious resources, namely its youth and young adults. The foundation is funded solely through charitable donations, with an annual golf event held locally every October. At first, the foundation focused on prevention. Greg led courses for women of all ages on how to practice situational awareness and act in self-defense. Soon, the Smiths' ambition took them on a path toward widespread systematic change. The nonprofit's crown achievement is passing the Kelsey Smith Act. Kansas unanimously passed the bill in 2009, which legally mandates cell phone companies to release location information to law enforcement agencies in emergency situations, such as abduction or missing person cases. As of 2021, 29 other states have followed suit and signed the Kelsey Smith Act into law, with all of them preserving the name to honor Kelsey's memory. The Smiths hope these measures will mean that other families will never have to endure what they did. Missy explained to SWSM Magazine, if the Kelsey Smith Act had been in place at the time of Kelsey's disappearance, she would not have laid in the woods for four days, waiting to be found, her father, siblings, and I in anguish, wondering where she was. Over the years, the Smiths have heard from people all over the country who tell them how the Kelsey Smith Act was enacted to save their loved ones. Stevie told SWSM Magazine that the recognition is bittersweet. I'm happy her story gets out there because it's done a lot of good. It's just mixed emotions on everything. I'm happy that it helps other people, but it's still the worst thing we ever went through. Greg and Missy have spoken before Congress in an effort to get the act passed on a federal level. There are still opponents who cite privacy concerns, though the majority perceive the benefits greatly outweighing the drawbacks, especially since the Kelsey Smith Act has already saved lives. Greg and Missy's efforts towards safety awareness and crime prevention have earned them accolades from the government. They received numerous awards that include the FBI Director's Award for the Kansas City Metro and the Justice Department's Ronald Wilson Reagan Public Policy Award. Their driving force remains honoring Kelsey in a way that would make her proud. When asked by KSHB how Kelsey would feel about the law passed in her name, Missy replied, 
I think she would like the law, but I think she would be kicking us in the behind, and she'd have all 50 states by now. That's just who she was. Kelsey's sister, Stevie, is now a mother of four, but she still thinks about her sister daily. It's been 15 years since her sister's murder, and it hasn't gotten any easier. Stevie reflected to KSHB News, it's unreal that she's been gone almost as long as she was here. That part's hard. It's been too long. Kelsey's death could have had several outcomes. It could have torn a family apart, setting them into grief like quicksand from which they could never escape. Instead, it seems Kelsey's loved ones have channeled their sadness and anguish into motivation for change. If you'd like to know more about the Kelsey Smith Foundation or donate, visit kelseysarmy.org. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Murderish. Before I close the episode, I want to highlight a missing persons case that could really use your help. Raja Adriana McQueen, age 27, went missing in Cleveland, Ohio on the 26th of June in 2021. She was last seen in her silver 2018 Nissan Sentra. Her car was later observed being driven by someone else with two new bullet hole defects. Her license plate was replaced with a dealer plate. Please contact the FBI tip line with any tips at 216-583-5383. That's 216-583-5383. Don't forget to check out Murderish Behind the Mic Patreon membership. It's a great option for those who've listened to every episode of Murderish and don't want to wait for the next one to drop. And for those of you who want to listen to episodes ad-free. There are also a bunch of other fun perks for Murderish Behind the Mic patrons. To sign up, just visit Murderish.com or go to Patreon.com and search for Murderish there. Make sure you're subscribed to my other podcast, Dirty Money Moves Women in White Collar Crime. The podcast follows my investigation of a woman I met a few years ago a woman who turned out to be a prolific scam artist. It's a wild story that even has ties to the Michael Jackson scandal. You can subscribe to Dirty Money Moves wherever you're listening right now. There are quite a few episodes to binge. If you enjoy Murderish, please tell your friends about the podcast and leave the show a positive rating and review in any podcast app. To show your support, you can also get Murderish t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, and so much more at Murderish.com. Follow Murderish on Instagram and TikTok at Murderish Podcast. I've been doing a lot of fun videos there. Murderish sound design and audio editing is by Justin Hellstrom. Some of the music was composed by Nico Vitisse of We Talk of Dreams. This episode was researched and written by Allison Schwartz. Check out Murderish.com for a list of sources used for this episode. As always, Ishers, thank you for joining me on another episode of Murderish. And remember, listening to this podcast doesn't make you a murderer. It just means you're murder-ish. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.